This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell hanging out in... Uh, where am I hanging out today? I'm in Denver, but I was trying to come up with something clever about the day, but it's, it's strangely overcast today. Uh, I just came back from a run. I ran at like uh, 1230, which is not wow. normal for a June day. Usually it's way too hot. Oh yeah. And the direct sun in Denver. That's, I mean, I just feel like I'm frying like a piece of bacon when I go visit. It is. It's a pretty, it pretty much like penetrates your skin pretty intensely. Yes. <laughs> yes mile high is not, is not a joke. Yes. Yes. But you've been traveling a bunch. So I have uh, no doubt that you sort of are wondering where you are. Where I am a little bit. Yeah. We went, um, Katie, our marketing director and I went to um, Twin Cities a week ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then we were just back in Kansas City last weekend. So basically we, we, lo- we did the kickoffs for the two Race Like a Mother programs, which are just to refresh your memory, it's the training program for a specific race. So we're doing the Twin Cities 10 miler and marathon Looney challenge. We didn't have anyone sign up for the ultra Looney, which is um, a lot of races, a lot of miles in two days. <laughs> um, and then we're doing the can- same thing in the Kansas City Marathon. They have the half and the full. And uh-huh. so Race Like a Mother, um, we went out to gather the team and um, really fun mornings. We did a run. We had about 20 in each group um, that could oh, show up. More, we have uh, more people in the programs, but you know, Saturday mornings is soccer and um, whatever else time you have to life, yeah, yeah, lifetime, yeah, it's <laughs> lifetime. Um, and uh, yeah, so we went for a run, like a four mile run, and stopped and did strength along the way, which I'm sure people were like, uh huh, yeah, really glad oh. to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's but that's like classic dimity, you know. That is classic. You got to throw in you got if you if you haven't side planked on a run, you haven't really run, right? <laughs> no. I mean, you know you're running with dimity when, you right, know. <laughs> exactly. When you stop and do squats. Yep. Five yep. more. Five more. <laughs> um so we did that and then we went back and had some breakfast and both of the um both of the races sent representatives. Um Dave the race director of Kansas City joined us Ooh, and uh-huh. we had um a newer employee at Twin Cities Marathon joined us. So it was nice to have both perspectives. Uh-huh. And then um, chatted about that, chatted about the training plans, just anything that came up. And then we did some strength training. And then we did some foam rolling. And then we did some buying in these cute little um, local running stores. And um, it was a perfect morning. Yeah. So. Good. Good. And you wore your cute hats that everybody in the race like a mother program gets. yes they get they get it run twin cities or run kansas city so super cute and uh-huh. um yeah no it's just it was just it's really fun i mean i'm surprised honestly like we had um kay uh is a woman who drove up from arkansas she drove four hours to join stop us in yep and oh um God. and we had and we had someone else come from nebraska which i don't give me i'm not sure exactly where say, don't nebraska. ask me <laughs> I will how not. Many miles, how many hours that is? I will say she had just moved from Kansas City, so my guess is that like she came back to see grandma and whatever. Yeah, so maybe it but, wasn't uh, just you. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then we had um, one of our band ambassadors, Tracy Swearigan, was going to come to Kansas City, uh, and she uh-huh. lives in Nebraska, and yeah. she um and, and she got like um stymied by some 
uh, river, right? Of uh, oh, uh, oh, overflown goodness. river, a uh, flooding river, overflow. Yep. Oh, so yeah. anyway, I mean, it was so. So long story short, is I am amazed at the um, the turnout we had. Um, you know, just from people coming from all over and uh, it's going to be a really fun program. And so just yeah. in case you're wondering, Race Like a Mother, you can still join it. And, and, the, and kind of the whole premise behind it, besides the local aspect and one race aspect is that they're going to come in. Um, we've got two experts. We've got sports psychologist, Justin Ross, coming in and helping you prepare for training and then race day. So we'll do two separate webinars with him. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do um, two seminars with, um, Stephanie Violet Howe, the, um, our ultra coach, who also has her PhD in exercise science and nutrition. And mm-hmm. so we'll do one on um, nutrition on the road and one on nutrition off the road. So nice. kind of, you know, the full 360 nutrition, sports psych, as well as the physical training. <laughs> yeah. And then they have, um, if they want to, they can do weekly runs, right? With, with local people. Yeah. Yeah. They're not quite weekly just because, mm-hmm. um, again, that Saturday morning thing, but yeah. they definitely have, um, a, a schedule set up so that they can run together, um, a number of times during the training session or during uh-huh. the training cycle. So yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's fun. And if you have any ideas that, of places that you want us to come and try this in your market, right. <laughs> um, you can, you can email us or you can tweet at one of us or whatever. Um, cause it's yeah. definitely been very fun and very fulfilling. Um, and it's, it's nice to kind of, um, put some specifics on it, put, you know, put a race date on it, put mm-hmm. a training group on it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause then race day is going to be so extra fun because you're going to, all those racers are going to know each other and, you know, just really feel a, a tightened bond of camaraderie. They'll make exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we missed you, Sarah. I know. Missed, I'm sure you were ready to stop and do some side flanks on a sweaty human morning <laughs> in uh, Minneapolis. <laughs> I always love visiting those two cities. I was actually sorry that I didn't get to join you all. So, well, let's um, see where folks are coming in from for our answers today. Um, this first question comes from Cassandra on Long Island, New York. Hi, ladies. My name is Cassandra. I'm calling from Long Island, New York. Um, just had baby number three four weeks ago, and I'm realizing with the shift in our morning routine that I don't think it will be possible for me to get runs in in the morning anymore. Um, getting three kids ready and out the door is hard enough, even if I don't have to run and shower first. So it looks like I'm going to become a middle-of-the-day or a lunch break runner, and I was curious if you guys had any tips on how to do that successfully. I look forward to hearing your answers. Thanks. So congratulations, Cassandra, on baby number four. Um, oh my gosh, that is yeah. exciting. Yes, hands, hands full. <laughs> yeah, she can't run in the morning. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why. What's what's stopping you? So, um, but at least she does. You know, I'm hoping maybe that she gets to escape to an office. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like if she's a middle of her day or a lunch break runner, that's what she's looking for. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, the first thing, I mean, I think it's really important that she has an outlet. So I, again, if she's going to a um, office, hopefully there's a gym nearby or you can always run outside of course as well. But um, it's always nice to have, as we were just talking about, especially in the summertime, it's always nice to have a plan B Mm-hmm. Um, for if it is crazy hot or if it's thunderstorming or whatever, mm-hmm. and you like, Oh, I was going to run and now I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice, you know, if it's affordable and it's, and it's pretty close. Um, I think having a gym because you can always go on the treadmill and that's, um, definitely nothing to scoff at when you're trying to squeeze in your miles amongst your craziness. 
Right, right. And then also then if you did have a gym option, you would have access hopefully to showers or at least a towel and maybe, you know, a little, I don't know, some, some deodorant or something like that. Exactly, exactly. You yeah. have to bring your own BIYD, but. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also maybe, um, I mean, it's so great to kind of have a home base because then you can store a lot of your stuff. And because we have met women uh, throughout our travels with another mother runner who bring in their clothes, you know, and food sometimes for a whole week of workouts. So then they have it all there, you know, on Monday they bring, you know, if they're going to run three times a week, they bring in three different outfits and, you know, running outfits and or different sports bra, whatever it is, and just leave that stuff in the office or a locker um, and include, remember to include things like maybe wipes if you don't get a shower dry yeah. shampoo if that's your jam i bet you cassandra has a couple extra wipes lying around <laughs> <laughs> um okay wait just back up it's byod that's what i meant not yeah. the i was getting a diy and all that stuff off. so it's make your own deodorant why not <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're bringing our deodorant and um yeah that's a great idea um obviously you know you want to have a hat in there um if it is sunny and you want to protect your face and some spf um sunscreen of course Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you know, I think you have to kind of just, um, have, a, you know, adopt a good enough mentality, which mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. we talk about a lot around here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go like, say, you know, if you have an hour for your lunch, um, you know, we want you to make sure that you actually have time to eat, um, during that period, because you are a busy mom of four and you need to make sure that you don't skip lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so good enough is good enough. Two miles is good enough. Three miles. It may not be, you know, I mean, and I realize you're coming off of pregnancy and birth, so maybe that's perfect for you. But I think sometimes we get in this rut of, oh, I've got to go for an hour or I've got to go six miles or I've got to go X, Y, Z. And, um, and it's, and it's, I, I appreciate that mentality. It, it makes us, you know, strive and become better runners. But at the same time, there's a time where you can say, you know what, I'm going to go and move forward for 20 to 30 minutes, see what there gets me and, um, and call it good. I mean, you know, just yeah. now, honestly, like I, we went for a family hike yesterday. So that was oh, we went nice. six miles yesterday, which was, um, a lot with, um, complaining children or one, <laughs> one, one complaining child. The other one was okay. Um, and then the day before I was in twin cities and I ran or Kansas city and I ran four miles. So that's like a lot of miles on my legs for me at this point. Yeah. You know, and so today I was like, oh, I only have 35 minutes. And I was like, it, it wasn't pretty, but I was like, okay, Dimity, I'm just going to run one minute, walk one minute for 35 minutes. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, I don't even know what my mileage was, but it was fine. I, I, I didn't obsess about like, oh, I got to be fast enough or I got to be this or that. I just was like, I'm not feeling awesome, but I'm out here and I'm going to take what I can get, you yep. know? Yep. Yep. And also I think that that maybe once Cassandra gets, you know, um, a little more postpartum and that, you know, sometimes it's good if you only have a short amount of time, that's the day maybe you do a speed workout or just throw in intervals so that you can make it. If you have 30 minutes, you can really make it an efficient workout. And so right now, if she's, you know, um, newer off just having the baby, you know, that run walk is a great idea and that's what efficiency is. And then, you know, I don't know, six months down the road, a year down the road, if she's still doing these, you know, lunchtime runs, that's the, oh, okay, you know, I'm supposed to do two miles at tempo, do a, you know, half mile warm up, do the two miles at tempo, half mile, um, cool down and, and call it good. Um, totally. Totally. so, and then, then, um, you were fortunate enough today, as you mentioned, to have cloud cover, but that's t- one of the tough things about, as you alluded to, 
to a midday run is that, gosh, there's that glowing yellow orb in the sky oftentimes. <laughs> the sun, as Adrian Martini calls it. So yeah, you want to figure out ways to be able to avoid that noonday sun as much as you can. And, and oftentimes the best way to do that is to pick a shady route. And, you know, if depending on where you are, that might mean that it's shaded by skyscrapers. And so that you're running on, you know, let's think about that noonday, it might be running on the west side of the street, you know, so that there's the shade because the sun's a little bit on the east side of the buildings. Or think about if you're in an office park, okay, or is there a trail nearby that has some trees shading it? Because that's just gonna make such a difference. If you're out there for half an hour, you do not want to feel like you're just frying like that piece of bacon, like I talked about. Pinking it up, yeah. Yeah, I know in Kansas City, there we were on this lovely, lovely road that had awesome, um, great trees, right? Uh-huh. Really, really nice. And I'm like, I would just run up, and it was kind of hilly, like it had a couple hills. Uh-huh. So I would just like run up and down. I'm like, if, I, if this were the only road that I had, I would just run back and forth on this because it's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And there is that, you know, that, that sometimes you think, oh, well, if I'm going to run two miles, you know, it has to be, I don't know, one mile out, one mile back. No, you can, you can yeah. go back and forth a couple times, you know, you wave at the people you keep. Yeah. 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 Or, or also look for, you know, if you're in a, a lot of cities have rivers in them, you know, go down and run on the riverfront or if it's, you know, Chicago, run along the lakefront, whatever it is, you know, in Long Island, maybe there's the ocean nearby. So try to get there, be a little cooler perhaps some, some breezes off the water. So, um, sure. so yeah, so we, we hope those tips get you moving at lunchtime, Cassandra. Totally. So uh, moving a little further north in New York, here is Molly from Buffalo. Hi, I'm Molly from Buffalo, New York, and I have a little son named Patrick who's about a year and a half old. My question surrounds what feels like weak shins and the beginning of shin splints. I've been running for about seven years now, and I haven't encountered this since I first started. I ran a half marathon last year, and I wasn't bothered by them at all. I have a 5K Memorial Day weekend, and I'm starting to train for a 10-miler in August. And I'd love to know if there's any way I can prevent shin splints. I certainly don't want to get injured. I've been wearing Brooks Ghost for years, and I recently replaced my shoes about two months ago. The only thing that's different is this winter I spent a lot of time on the treadmill because we had a lot of nasty weather, and I'm wondering if there's anything I can do to strengthen everything. Thank you. So, all right. So, she's concerned about shin splints, that they might be coming, and she wants to sidestep them. So, let's start by um, defining shin splints. You know, they bedevil a lot of newer runners, and so then I was kind of interested that she's been running for seven years. So I was interested to see that she was, you know, thinking they were coming on. So shin splints, pain at the front of your shins. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically like any kind of pain, uh, you know, in the front of your leg, mm-hmm. you know, around your shin. It's not, um, you know, if you get a, a stress fracture, that's in one very um, specific point, but shin splints mm-hmm. are more like diffuse, right? Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they go, they run the length of your, or a nice portion of your shin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, sometimes they feel better when you start running. That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, you get used, you know, they somehow get warmed up and you get some blood flowing and then, and then they hurt again when you're done. So don't think, oh, I can run no problem. Um, because often they, that, that will come back to bite you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's so many causes of them. I mean, you know, it can be going too fast, too hard, too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, um, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Molly's really done that. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, what do you think, Sarah? 
Yeah, I just sort of wondered what her mileage was before that. You know, I mean, well, she said she ran a half marathon last year, and then she did five k, and then she wants to jump up to a ten miler. I mean, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a root cause of of it. You know, it's not like she suddenly switched from a five k and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna start training for a marathon," and suddenly sure. tripled her mileage or something like that. So, not sure what the cause of the pain is. But I mean, we can talk about some ways to hopefully make it be just a temporary pain, you know, that, that for any, if anyone's concerned about shin splints, they should be building their mileage slowly. Yeah. Uh, whenever possible run on softer surfaces. So that might mean, you know, the, instead of the sidewalk, maybe if there's a little bark um, chip track, you know, around a, a park or something like that, you know, it doesn't mean necessarily that you suddenly have to become a, a trail runner. Um, yeah, it can, it, you can go to the regular track or even just the road mm-hmm. over the sidewalk. If that's, yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The, yeah. the pavement is, I mean, sort of depends on what the surface of your roads is. Cause you and I travel a lot and I've noticed that they are made of different things in different parts of the country. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, if it is blacktop, that is a whole lot softer than a concrete um, sidewalk. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the basic way, I mean, to prevent them or to get them to stop them from hurting, um, and if they get really bad, of course, you need to go see a physical therapist, but basically you want to strengthen your feet and you want to strengthen your glutes, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, and you want to stretch your calves. I mean, stretching mm-hmm. your calves, you can't stretch them enough, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, heel and toe raises. So, you know, standing with your heels kind of hanging, you're on a set of stairs or a curb, something like that, someplace that allows you to be able to lower your heel down lower than your toes and dropping down and then raising up on your toes. And then um, sometimes if you feel your um, physique can handle it, you can kind of drape, let's say you have both feet on and you take your right foot and you drape it behind your left calf a little bit. So you get that extra weight from being yeah yeah Yeah. just being on one one leg and that particularly you know you'll feel it on both directions of that and also doing heel walks we actually do a lot of that as a warm-up at the strength class i took this morning on monday which is just walking you know i don't know 10 yards something like that a couple times back and forth with your so that you're completely on your heels and your toes are up off the ground and just it's a little pit, uh, you know, penguin-esque the way sure. you're walking, but yeah. 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 So that helps because um, just being able to keep your toes raised like that while moving forward strengthens the, and I feel it now I'm flexing them as I think um, the muscle that runs alongside your shin bone. Nice. And then, um, and then things like glute bridges and monster walks with a band around your knees and mm-hmm. that kind of thing um, is going to help with your stabilizing muscles in your glutes and build up over overall glute strength, which is, again, that is like your stability. That is, um, what you want to carry you, um, and not the, you don't want your shins to take the brunt of your, <laughs> um, your pounding. Right. And that might, you know, again, um, not entirely, uh, not super scientific, but I mean, that's, I think one part of it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then since she is doing a 10 miler this August, I mean, do you have any ideas, any suggestions for a smart training plan that Molly Oh, could since we've already uh, promoted race like a mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get a little more bold face promotion. Um, yeah, we do have, so we did end up creating a 10 mile run and race plan in the train like a mother club. Um, and so what it is, it's kind of fun. It's the first kind of combo plan that we did. So it's for all 10 mile races. And um, what we have is um, a ramp it up option. So you can either do the the straight up workout for that day, which is going to be 
definitely a very fulfilling, um, you know, productive workout or twice a week, there's an option to ramp it up. So that's like, you know, a little bit more race pace miles on your long run, um, more intervals on one day during the week or hills mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. So, um, so yes, if you're doing a 10 miler, check it out. Yeah. 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 It seems like there's more and more of those races coming into being. I mean, it is, it's a delightful distance because that's about when the wheels can start to fall off the bus in a half marathon and, and you know, it's 10 miler. Boom. You're done. Exactly. You hit double digits. You're like, I'm not taking another step. I'm done. Yep, 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 you're yep. not asking me to even cross this finish. Line. <laughs> right. So here is Hillary from Outer Banks of North Carolina. Hey, Sarah and Dimity. My name is Hillary and I live in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I'm not a mother runner yet but I hope to do it within the next few years. Um, My question is about marathon training. I did one marathon um, a few years back, and the itch is starting to come back a little bit, but every time I think about um, starting another marathon, all the training and the hard work and the pain comes back to mind. Do you have any tips on how I can get the motivation and the confidence to um, start marathon training again? Um, thanks for your help. And I look forward to hearing your answer. Bye. So marathon training, I I found this an intriguing question because I kind of felt this push and pull within, within Hillary, you know, thinking, you know, the, the allure, the siren song of a marathon, yet then when the practical, the day to day getting to that race, you know, it just, um, was all the hard work and the pain. Yeah. yeah. All the hard work and pain comes back to mind. So, I mean, I guess you kind of have to ask yourself, like, why do I want to do this? That's what I would do, you know, because it's so easy to, I mean, especially these days, we have so much flung at us with social media and, you know, your friends are doing stuff and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, you know, it's really easy to jump on any bandwagon. But mm-hmm. my first thing would say, um, would be to Hillary to say like, okay, take 10 minutes and write down you know, your top five reasons why you want to do a marathon. And Mm -hmm. is that compelling? Okay. Mm -hmm. If it's compelling or if it's really like, yep. Okay. This absolutely speaks to me. Then, then absolutely let's go for it. If Mm -hmm. it's because I feel like I should, or I've already done one, I need to do another. Um, you know, if it feels a little wishy-washy, um, you know, or waffling, I would say there's no reason to do one because Mm -hmm. it is, um, such a commitment. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It is so much more of a time commitment. And as she alludes to in this question, so much more of a mental commitment. And so, you know, I, I, the first thing that sprang to my mind for Hillary um, is if she decides to do the marathon to remember that training is incremental, you know, we're not, when, when you sign up for a marathon, as long as you sign up several months in advance, we're, (laughs) we're not asking you to run 20 miles tomorrow or even 10 miles tomorrow. You know, it's a slow steady buildup. It's progressive and the training, you know, adds on to itself so that week one makes you stronger for week two, which makes you stronger for week three and so on down the line. Yep, absolutely. So pick a race. If you are going to do it, pick a race that gives you a full training cycle. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're looking probably anywhere from 16 to 24 weeks, depending upon what kind of training plan you do. I would also really, because she is a little bit on the fence, I would also really pick a race that means something to her or that it's mm, interesting that's to good. her, yeah. you know? So whether that's, you know, I want to go race Big Sur or I want to go see my dad in Austin, Texas or whatever it is, but have something, have a reason behind it besides just 26.2. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so you would work back that way and make sure that you give yourself enough time to train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like that there, that Hillary doesn't have a real firm goal so that then run and train at a pace that's comfortable, you know? And mm-hmm. so that, so that there doesn't, yes, it, um, training for a marathon is challenging. It makes you dig deep and that's the one of the many beauties of it. But also if you can run at a race, run at a pace that's comfortable, then that alleviates a lot of the, oh gosh, this is going to be hard. I'm not going to feel good. All the, all those anxieties. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, um, you know, I think that's really important. I mean, for anybody, especially on the long runs, unless you have, you know, like a couple race pace miles or something thrown in, but for the most part, you know, marathon training, it is a lot, you know, it is an easy effort training cycle for the most part. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, keeping it easy, but then also maybe finding a friend, like, can you rope Mm -hmm. someone into this? Because, (laughs) um, you know, like if you're going to see your dad in Austin, does your sister want or your brother want to do it with you or, you know, just something to kind of make it fun and keep it light. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like that's why I think she's kind of, you know, um, yin and yang this a little bit is like, it's like, well, I want to, I think I want to, but gosh, it's hard. And it's like, well, if you have a buddy to go through with it, go Mm -hmm. through it with, and then also have a place that you want to go. I mean, that, Mm -hmm. that lightens the whole effort a lot in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think about the, the race that got this whole, another mother runner party started, Dim, you know, that you, so you corralled, lassoed me into, you know, being your long distance training partner. You had a running partner there at the time you lived in Colorado Springs, you know, and then, then, and I'm telling, obviously, you know, all this, but you know, and then your younger, youngest sister was in the race as well. So, I mean, you just kind of had these tantalizing, um, treats all, all scattered. I had, I had, yeah, I had, I had, I had companionship the whole way, which is really half the battle, especially, um, it really, you know, especially on those early morning runs, those long runs, they can get so long, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, but I mean like how, you know, you're out there and you're out there and you're out there and you know, that's what, there's a lot of time spent in your own head. And sometimes yeah. it's really nice to, um, get that to be broken up with a, a friend. Yeah, exactly. And also you can do, um, you know, if the thought of going 10 miles out and 10 miles back for that, when the 20 miler finally presents itself, you know, do five, four mile loops and have a friend join you on loop two and a different friend join you loop four, whatever it is. So, so that, you know, you could, then you get that comfort of knowing that you're always closer to home, that you're not having to, you know, call a rideshare service, you know, to get you home. <laughs> so exactly. like you have to bail at mile 12 or something. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So, well, this last question comes to us from Meredith in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hi, this is Meredith calling from Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm a mom to two kids, a boy who's eight and a daughter who's four, and also a fur mom to the newest member of our crew, a 10-week-old German Shepherd puppy. Dimity, I know you run with your dogs, and I was just wondering if you had any tips on getting him trained or any equipment that would be helpful to run with him. I'm hoping that he will be a really good partner for me. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Talk about having a friend on a run. Ah, 10-week-old German Shepherd. Congratulations on that baby. <laughs> um, so running with your dogs, I mean, I, I run with um, Mason sometimes. Um, now they have a second dog. We have not done that. I have to say the best situation ever for running with your dog is in Cherry Creek State Park, uh, right near my house in Denver, Colorado. Um, I think it has like a 1.8 
or maybe, yeah, I think it's about 1.8 um, mile loop. It's a, um, it's a trail. I mean, very, you know, it's, it's a dog park, so it's not like it's a, a trail in the middle of nowhere, but it's a nice trail surface. Um, mm-hmm. And the dogs can be off the leash. And so oh. literally, like, you can run, you know, two, two laps and, you know, Mason would come and Grant usually takes them, but, you know, goes to the river. They've got a river running through it. I mean, it is like, it is like Nirvana for dogs. I swear to God. So you can go and like play in the river and then come find you and go have a drink of water and come back and find, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Um, and then you don't have to deal with a leash. Cause that's the thing. Um, that is hard sometimes, especially if you have a dog who's strong and pulled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that was the thing because, you know, so Molly, my best running friend is a veterinarian. So she you know, knows a lot about dogs. <laughs> and, and so, and she has, has always had a, a Labrador that pretty much ever since we've been running together, but we've only run with one of her labs a handful of times. I mean, maybe only three or four times. And it's partly just because she doesn't like with them, with the dog pulling and, you know, having to stop and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it is, it is, you have to sort of train them to do something, you know, it's not, they just don't suddenly (laughs) wake up and know how to run with you. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'll admit, I looked up a couple tips about running with the dog and, Meredith, your pup is, you know, about three months old. And the the bad news is you got to wait until the dog is about 18 months old. So you're going to have to file these tips away. You'll have to re-listen to this episode in a <laughs> little over a year. Or Google running with an, you know, 18-month-old dog. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for now, you know, with a puppy and a younger dog, it's about sticking to walks. But those are useful. Those walks are training because the dog learns how to be on a leash, learns how, you know, to have them be on a loose leash, not always taut and pulling on it. Um, i.e. water skiing behind Mason, which is what I normally do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but particularly for people who do have older dogs and or you know, dogs that are 18 months and older and are listening to this during summertime, it's so important to remember to put your dog's needs first, make frequent water breaks. You know, maybe it even means you know, care, teaching them to drink out of your little handheld or swimming in a bowl. Yeah, here in, and here in Portland, uh, because it is a very dog obsessed town, there's a lot of, a lot of the water fountains have a lower um, down spout for dogs. And sure, sure. Or we'll yeah. have a, you know, a little water thing there. So, and then a lot of um, stores in warmer weather put out bowls for dogs, you know, because people want to stroll up and down the street with their dog. Um, so, yeah. but that's just really an important thing to remember. Yeah. Well, and I, I was just talking to, um, oh, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they, you know, they used to run, they're on the opposite side of Meredith. Now their dog is getting older uh-huh. and so can't go as long as it used to be able to go. Mm. So now she'll go out for like a warm up, And this is what American, you know, Meredith can do when her dog's able to run, but take your dog out for a mile or two and bring it back home and then go out and finish your run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you don't have to be like, Oh, you have to be able to go five miles with me or I can't take you. Right. right, so kind of right. That way. So you're getting used to it. Um, one thing that I think is interesting on Molly, I think we were talking about it um, in the car once. And she was saying, you know, dogs, when they, when they run, you know, when they really run, they don't run like we do. Right. Mm-hmm. They like, they're either like sprinting for a squirrel yeah. they're like meandering along, you know, smelling the, smelling the grass. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this like easy effort kind of, um, you know, kind of steady pace mm-hmm. is like you said, it's something that they need to kind of learn how to do, mm-hmm. um, because it's not their natural, um, tendency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, 
as a person who lives here in an urban setting, I do want to make a plea for everyone who runs with their dog to bring more than one bag <laughs> and to pick up after your dog, scoop after your dog, and yes. you know, um, be, please dispose of it properly. Um, and so, and for loads and loads of tips, uh, listen to episode number 226 of Another Mother Runner. It's all about running with your dog. And we had just this great, uh, we had several guests who run with their dogs, but then also a young man whose job it was at the time to, um, he was a professional dog walker and he would go running with a lot of different dogs. And um, I ended up running into him. He, uh, the way I, the reason I said that was his current job is um, at the time is that now, last time I ran into him, and I had never seen him before. And I ran into him at the Brooks flagship store up in Seattle. He's oh, like, wow. He's like, you're Sarah from Another Mother Runner, aren't you? And I'm like, you're a dude. How do you know that? And, <laughs> and he was like, I was a guest on your podcast. I was like, really? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun running into him. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Meredith, have fun with your pup. Um, yeah, for Share sure. a picture on our Facebook page. We would love to see a picture. Um so, Tim, I have to say, we are in need of questions. Okay, so please, you've been, you, you hear the call, hear the call, Mother Runners, help us out. <laughs> yes, yes. So, please call night, day, doesn't matter, it doesn't ring anywhere, it goes straight to voicemail, and the number is 470-BADASS-1, that is 470-223-2771, again, 470-223-2771, Please tell us your first name, where you're calling from, and then leave your question, please, in 90 seconds or less. And if you, um, you know, flub your question, you get a little nervous, or uh, your dog barks, something like that, you can always just hang up and then call back and act like you're starting all over again. Don't be like, hey, it's Sarah again, and here's the rest of my question, because we can't use it. We can't, we can't do that editing miracle. So leave it in one fell swoop, even if it takes you a time or two. Um, and then... Then we would also appreciate if you could leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts because you'll help other Bammers find the Another Mother Runner podcast and Another Mother Runner answers. And we really appreciate it. So So keep the questions coming. If you got any um, fresh ones, toss them our way because we are always here with the answers. Right, Sarah? We are indeed.